0: Well, good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's again. Whether you're joining us online or in person, we're just delighted that you're here. We're now in week three of our preaching series, This Is Jesus, looking at the most Googled man in the world through the lens of that first century eyewitness writer, Mark, and what this Jesus means for our daily lives. Whether you're spiritually curious or you're critical, Or you've already decided to throw your lot in with him. Last week, Tyler showed us Jesus holding up the powerlessness of children as a way of calling us into downward mobility. And you can catch up on YouTube if you missed it. And then this morning, we heard one of those passages of scripture that never makes it onto Christmas cards or your Instagram page, right? It's a grim one. Exorcisms, Taliban-style mutilation, and the fires of hell thrown in for good measure. What's going on? How could this possibly be good news and why pay attention for the next 14 minutes? Well, Albert Einstein. If I were given one hour to save the planet, I would spend 59 minutes defining the problem and one minute resolving it. In the Harvard Business Review, Dwayne Spaulding wrote this, when developing new products, processes, or even businesses, most companies are not sufficiently rigorous in defining the problem. They are attempting to solve and articulating why those issues are important. Mark chapter nine puts some dark and violent words in the mouth of Jesus. And as disorienting as they initially are, I think, What Jesus is trying to do here is help us diagnose the problem underneath all our other daily life problems. You know, our insecurities, our fears of failure, our strained and broken relationships, concerns about money, right, real life. And Jesus is not trying to help us develop new products or even necessarily save the planet. But this Jesus, does want us to know what's at stake in how we live our lives and how we try to find significance and success. And as we'll see, Jesus may not be asking us to take him literally with self-mutilation and the fires of hell, but he sure as hell is asking us to take him seriously. Together, let's look at the problem underneath all our other daily problems, and how significance and success is found through suffering and sacrifice. If you have your Bible on your phone or the pew Bible in front of you, you might want to keep it open to Mark 9, 38 to 50. Feel free to take it out. Chronologically, these are Jesus's last words in Galilee, his home turf. And he's now going to travel south into Judea, where torture and death awaits him in Jerusalem. And our passage, is part of that final leadership seminar, he began giving his top 12 team last week by pointing to a little child. And Jesus is training them up before he's going to leave them. It would be better for you, he says four times, describing several awful things that would be better for them than to cause a little one to stumble. And little one in the original Greek means disciple, someone learning how to follow Jesus like me, or to cause themselves to stumble. Better to become a cripple, Jesus says, than to live and limp into the life that God wants for you. That's better than being healthy but completely separated from God's goodness and love, end up in hell. Take me seriously, says Jesus, if not literally. And he's using Hebrew hyperbole and exaggeration to grab our attention in this passage because we're clearly told elsewhere in scripture to avoid self-mutilation. And what Jesus wants us to take seriously, which is really good news, Is that our lives are designed to have significance and success. You want a life of meaning and impact? We can have that because deciding to follow Jesus is no casual thing. It's a life and death decision, like literally. Quite obviously for those first disciples because things were not only about to get ugly with the religious and political authorities of the day, But things would also get ugly if the disciples failed to take themselves seriously enough. You don't get days off as a disciple, Jesus makes clear. You don't get days when you can decide to tell casually racist jokes, hoard your investment windfall, enjoy your resentment about how your friend mistreated you, or withhold forgiveness from your boyfriend. You can't decide to just blow off steam by watching a little porn, tear someone down on Twitter, or shrug your shoulders about climate change. American preacher and writer Barbara Brown Taylor puts it like this. Everything disciples do has consequences. Everything we say counts. We're either part of the good news or we are simply bad news. But we're neither invisible nor insignificant. Our lives matter. Our words matter. We have power we don't even know about. And if we use it to cause anyone to stumble, to lose faith, to question God, to pull away from the light, then we'd be better off at the bottom of the sea. The good news in this dark passage is that we are designed to have lives of significance and success. We have power we don't even know about. But there is a problem underneath all our other problems, which Jesus is warning us to take seriously because it can cause other people to stumble. And he's trying to help us diagnose the underlying problem. I'll cut to the chase because Jesus did. He clearly laid it out. Mark 8:34. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves take up their cross, and follow me." By the time we get to Mark 9, Jesus has already told his team twice that he's going to be rejected by the establishment, tortured, and die. The issue was the disciples still hadn't grasped that if they wanted to be his followers, they too were going to have to suffer and sacrifice. The problem underneath all our other problems is that we look for significance and success, like those first disciples. Problem is, we use the wrong methods. Let me show you. The first disciples were a total mess. Last week, we saw them self-absorbed, jockeying for position and prestige. I'm the best. No, I'm the best. And we're not usually quite as blatant. But British cartoonist Ashley Brilliant is speaking truth when he said constant and exaggerated sense of my own importance. If the disciples had grasped that Jesus meant it when he said he was walking towards his own death at Jerusalem, they would have realized how ludicrous it was to push and shove to get pride of place behind him. Our passage today opens with the disciples complaining that someone without the right credentials, not part of the inner circle, was casting out demons. But what's really going on is one little word. Listen to this, verse 38. John said to Jesus, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and he was not following us. 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 Not Jesus. Their concern on the surface, it sounds legit, right? This is an unauthorized exorcist going rogue. Someone might get hurt. No, 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 no. The real issue was the disciples own insecurity. Because just before this incident, they had tried to cast out a demon and they would failed. Their own insecurities and failures caused them to judge and want to exclude our insecurities are the source of all prejudice and exclusion. If the disciples had realized that suffering and sacrifice that Jesus was about to undergo was actually God's gift to humanity and creation, that as our Book of Common Prayer says, his death was a full, perfect, sufficient satisfaction oblation for the sins of the whole world, then how ridiculous to be whining and trying to exclude someone who simply didn't have the same training as you. And then we have Hebrew hyperbole on full volume. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lane than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. Problem is we don't take ourselves seriously enough, Jesus says, we have power. And we can use it to be part of the good news or the bad news in other people's lives. There are sinful behaviors and patterns that are in my life and yours. Shrugging at climate change, holding on to resentments, casual racism. Frankly, we tend to tolerate it. We might feel vaguely bad about it, but we don't actually take any steps to really deal with it. Take yourself far more seriously than that because those first disciples were a mess. Self-absorbed, insecure, judgmental, tolerant with their own destructive habits and sins. Sound like anyone you know? And I don't mean the person in the pew in front of you or on the sofa next to you right now. And my point is not to start listing all that ails us. Because, come on, most of us, if we turn off Netflix and spend even a few moments in quiet, we know full well what our personal list consists of. We know it. What Jesus is trying to do here is get underneath all those problems. If I were given one hour to save the planet, I'd spend 59 minutes diagnosing the problem and one minute resolving it. Underneath are insecurities. Our self-destructive habits and sins is our failure to understand that if we want to learn how to follow Jesus, if we want to find significance and success, then just like him, we are headed to that cross as well. That significance and success comes through suffering and sacrifice. And to the degree that you and I fail to grasp what that means for our daily lives, That's the degree to which all our other problems are going to flourish. And when we begin to glimpse that we are not only being offered the benefits of Jesus' death on the cross, forgiveness, peace, hope, identity, purpose, the list goes on. Sign up for our Alpha course if this is new to you. But if we begin to glimpse that the suffering and sacrifice are also the path for us, That's when significance and success are within our grasp. Which then makes sense of one of the hardest parts of this passage. For everyone will be salted with fire. It's our last verse. And there's only one other place in the whole Bible when fire and salt come together. It's in the book of Leviticus. When offering a sacrifice, you would salt it before you put it on the fire. Our lives are designed to be lived as sacrifices, poured out for other people. This is how we will find significance and success. Let me end with some examples. In your relationships, maybe a marriage or a close friendship, first of all, you won't throw in the towel at the first sign of trouble or suffering because you know that feelings, they ebb and flow. And relationships aren't all sunshine and daisies over the years. An important aside, I am not talking here about an abusive relationship. But you will bring an attitude of humility and sacrifice to any arguments or disagreements you're having. Humility that you just might be in the wrong. Because Jesus says we're all in the same boat. Sinners, every single one of us. Sacrifice. You'll be willing to let some issues go. You'll go the extra mile to bring pleasure to your friend or your partner. You'll set aside your needs to meet theirs. Humility and sacrifice is the path to success in relationships. And it's also the path for success at work. Humility. Might I actually learn something from my colleagues? I'd better ask. Not always needing recognition or the spotlight. Sacrifice. Going the extra mile, giving the best of yourself to whatever work we've been given to do. And the same method, sacrifice and suffering, it's also how we find significance. Significance, I must be clear, in the eyes of God. Because at the end of the day, frankly, that's all that really matters. And God does not measure things the way we do. Thank goodness. If you decide to give an increasing amount of your income to serve the poor, it will mean sacrificing other things you want, pleasures you've been looking forward to. And if you make certain ethical decisions at work, decide not to take a particular client, or to work reasonable hours so you can invest spiritually in nurturing your children and your grandchildren, yes, your career will suffer, it'll be limited but you will have significance and you will have meaning. Take that to the bank. This is a tough passage from the writer Mark. I rolled my eyes when I saw it on Monday. But underneath the hyperbole and the violence, this is Jesus giving us good news. Good news that we have power, that our lives can have significance and meaning and that the path to that significance and meaning, it's suffering, it's sacrifice. And it's a path that does not look like what the world offers. You know, but that's okay. Because what the world offers, it has an expiry date. It's also pretty expensive. It like costs your soul. This Jesus, he offers us God's riches for free. So wherever you are this morning on your spiritual journey, Come to the bread and the wine today, which are symbols of suffering and sacrifice. Come to the bread and wine. Take them in your hands and say yes to significance and to meaning. Amen.